This is Closer Look. I'm Rafael Sierra, here with Savannah Kimberlin from the Barna Group. Why did Barna feel the need to do a study on pastors' mental health issues and well-being? Well, as we are emerging out of the COVID-19 pandemic, mental health is a topic we are all thinking about a lot. You know, whether or not you are a church leader or not, this is a very important topic right now for all of us. And so we wanted to make sure that we did not neglect church leaders from this conversation. I think a lot of times churchgoers might assume, oh yeah, my pastor's doing great, or my pastor's really healthy, or my pastor has a great marriage. And we have learned at Barna over the years that those assumptions are not always true, that people just assume pastors to have their lives together, but um, that's not always the case. And so especially as we were in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and pulling out of 2020 and 2021, we wanted to make sure that pastors were okay. And if they weren't okay, where are they struggling? So that congregation members can be aware of the areas of struggle that their leaders may be experiencing. What did you find? What are some of the main issues facing church leaders which affect their mental well-being? Well, the first and most important, I would probably say, is in regards to burnout. So many pastors are seriously considering quitting being in full-time ministry. They're having a vocational crisis, so to speak. So to put some numbers around what we have found, um, in January of 2021, we found that 29% of pastors were giving real serious consideration to quitting being in full-time ministry. So it's 29%. And then in October of 2021, that number increased from 29% to 38%. And then again, in March of 2022, that number increased to 42%. So currently where we're sitting, 42% of clergy are currently considering quitting being in full-time ministry. And two groups of people who are more inclined to feel this way are female pastors and then leaders that are currently in Protestant mainline churches. So those are our, our more liturgical denominations. So we, I would say right now in this moment, we are at that crossroads where the 42% of leaders that were seriously considering it, this is the moment where they're either going to step away or they're going to stay, right? This is their point of decision um, as to whether or not they are going to continue to lead into the future. What are they manifesting physically and mentally? Pastors rating their emotional well-being is starting to decline. So we see that 38%, if not more, of pastors rate their emotional well-being as average or below average or poor, like not not excellent or good. It's just eh. Um, and so emotional, so think, what does it mean for a pastor to have emotional well-being? That's keeping anxiety at bay, that is feeling peace, that is feeling secure in your decisions, that is feeling like you um, have your stress levels under control or you are able to think and see clearly enough to make wise decisions, right? Those are some of the things that we're talking about when we're talking about emotional well-being. Um, We also see that a lot of leaders are actually physically struggling with their well-being. So there are a lot of struggles. But if you were to ask me, Raphael, what is the top challenge or, or the top area where pastors are struggling, um, especially these leaders considering quitting ministry? It's, it's stress. 
Savannah, is it a majority of pastors who are experiencing this kind of stress? The answer is yes. 56% of them say that the immense stress of the job is the reason that they're considering quitting full-time ministry. And then 43% say, because I feel lonely and isolated. But I also will say that uh, even among those leaders who are saying, nope, I'm, I'm not considering quitting. I'm actually, you know, I'm committed to this thing. I'm going to stay in the ministry. They're also struggling though with stress and feeling lonely and isolated. So it's the immense stress of the job paired with loneliness and isolation. That combination right now is very dangerous and spinning a bit out of control for a lot of leaders. How is this issue affecting churches right now? That's a great, great question. For any churchgoers who are listening or men or women who attend local congregations, maybe it would be worth you pausing and reflecting and saying, hmm, okay, is my pastor maybe stressed or isolated right now? Have I seen that affect my church? Um, and maybe you you personally have seen some of these symptoms that I'm about to share. Um, one, we're seeing a lot of leaders considering taking sabbaticals or extended vacations because they need to reset. I, I would say that's probably a good thing. It's not a bad thing that they are considering doing so. We are also seeing a lot of leaders delegate responsibilities. So perhaps senior pastors were carrying more than they probably should have throughout the pandemic. And now they are going to begin delegating responsibilities. Um, I would say maybe on the negative side of things, we're seeing some leaders shrink away from interpersonal relations with congregants. So maybe a pastor was in a small group and was actively participating as a member of a small group or, or something like that. Maybe they were le even leading a weeknight Bible study that was kind of a bonus sort of thing. Uh, maybe they are choosing not to offer that this summer or this upcoming fall, or they're choosing not to participate. They're shrinking away from those interpersonal relations because they don't have enough energy currently to deal with that, um, which probably is fueling their feelings of loneliness and isolation even more. This is Closer Look. I'm Rafael Sierra, here with Pastor Randy, one of our pastors here at the radio ministry. Pastor, how big of an issue do you think mental health or a lack of mental well-being is among fellow pastors that do similar work as you? Well, I think it's huge. I, and if we have pastors listening, recognize that from every major statistic in the psychiatric field, uh, one in four Americans right now today are suffering from a mental health issue. Now, pastors, you know, from my viewpoint as a pastor, they are even more influenced by these issues because of the stress related to your job. If it's uh, the statistics for pastors are, are, are strikingly higher, really struggling with mental health issues uh, in the church today and not finding the supports they need. Are you seeing church leaders, pastors quit? When you realize that 90% of the churches in America are about 120 members or less, then you realize, because we think about you know, all the mega churches, but they only make up 10% you know, of all the churches. So think of all the hundreds of thousands of pastors with that smaller congregation that were highly in, influenced by uh, what we have encountered these last two years, and not just the stress of them, most of them work outside the ministry, but also 
you know, the whole idea of the, of being 24 seven available to people, um, not having enough to support their families, struggling to keep doors open. It's been highly stressful for pastors. So uh, part of what you do is ministering to those in need of hope. What we do matters in every phone call, you know, every conversation, you know, is a message of hope. Um, whether we're dealing with people with mental health issues or addiction issues or marriage and family issues or just people going through you know, personal life struggles, uh, what we do is to present hope. That hope is always found in Christ. Hope is the promise, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that God is going to provide a future and hope. I think the idea that God is always working, even when people often think he's not. And I assume that no matter what you may be going through that day, dealing with certain situations with others might get you down personally. Yeah, absolutely. I think we always want to bring the gospel. We always want to bring hope. We always want to bring healing. And when we're faced with someone that uh, can be combative, demeaning, uh, abusive, it's very frustrating for any one of us especially frustrating for me because I like, I like to leave a call feeling that there were footsteps that led people to Jesus. So there is ups and downs. Ups and downs for sure. Did your upbringing shape the way you view mental health and mental wellness? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my mother was bipolar and my father was, uh, uh, was an alcoholic. And so growing up in that family system, there was a tremendous amount of of stress and combativeness. My my parents were generally always fighting. Uh, my mom was an unmedicated um, mental health uh, patient. In other words, uh, no one was going to tell her what she was going to do. And so I and my siblings, we took it hard on the chin with my mom. But as I got older, um, I think the first part of my teen life was the the plan to escape. But then as I got older and began to understand more of my mom's struggles, I did become more empathetic of her. And that kind of set me on this plan when I went to college to go into psychology. That really prompted me because I wanted to be a helper and a counselor. And then in that first year, I found, I found the Lord. Kind of God veered me to back this direction towards the gospel and church and teaching the Bible. And then I found that, you know, that space where I could bring mental health into the church at a time when I first started pastoring and found out people were really open to that. And what are you seeing out there among spiritual leaders? Do you see a lot of anxiety, fear, worry? There has been since the beginning of the pandemic. And then going through the cycles of the shutdowns and all that we've experienced, I think pastors are feeling, you know, the uh, what began as stress and then has become stress on steroids. In other words, the levels of anxiety have just risen to try, you know, to meet expectations of, of our ministries, expectations of, you know, what it will demand to keep the church doors open financially family, um, people that are just calling off the hook because of the, uh, the sheer amount of, of anxiety and depression that they are experiencing. And pastors know that uh, we that are in ministry, we are, not, we are not 
invulnerable to this. We very much, even and even more so, are more apt to also struggle with varying degrees of of mental health issues like anxiety and depression because of uh, of the very wear and tear of what ministry demands are. When you look at the amount of job stress that they have, the fact that um, a lot of pastors are doing a tremendous amount of grief counseling and they're doing mental health counseling, which some have been trained a little. Most pastors are not uh, therapists. They're not clinical counselors. Therefore, they're doing the best they can to cope with it. The performance fears on the job that you know, keeping the church open, you know, keeping people coming in, not losing from their membership, working 55 to 75 hours a week, you know, that and and promising a 24-7 availability is truly stressful. And so they have minimal opportunity to really practice, you know, what I would call high-end self-care activities. Which, you know, which would include not just devotional time, but reflection, meditation, exercise, diet, personal relationships, accountability. These are things that, that pastors are used to having, but the pandemic has certainly changed how we are taking care of ourselves. I've heard that some seminarians, they're taught to push their problems aside and to focus on the person they're trying to minister to. Now, is that the case? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, sometimes seminary doesn't really stress the transparency side. Um, in fact, when I was in seminary, it really they really pushed the idea that, hey, because you live in a glass house as a pastor, you need to be very careful who you're opening yourself up to and, you know, uh, don't talk about your family, don't talk about your personal issues, you know, keep it very professional. I think the downside of that is that pastors uh, feel alone. They feel uh, very much uh, unsupported. They feel that uh, there aren't supports in the community or within possibly their denominations or their organizations for them. I think it's a very real issue. It's such a balance, right? As a pastor, do you choose joy, set aside your issues and minister? Um, is that what is best for your people or <laughs> or do you bear all kind of, right? That, that definitely is a, a hot topic for us. I think, unfortunately, what our data suggests is that if we are really struggling in our personal lives, as ministers, and we do not have avenues to process that hurt or that pain or that stress, those negative emotions, feelings, and realities are going to seep into our ministry, whether we like it or not. Let's be honest and very transparent that pastors are not immune from mental health issues, but understand that as pastors, as first-line workers, um, that we have the opportunity, you know, to lead the way in health and wellness counseling. In other words, what we put into practice will be much easier to teach and share when we have made application of opportunities to be whole. This is Closer Look. I'm Rafael Sierra here with Pastor Randy, one of our pastors here at the radio ministry. How can church leaders protect themselves from mental health issues? Well, I think, first of all, that pastors and 
pastoral leaders need to very specifically see their doctor, you know, more than once every five years. You know, they they need to have regular visits. They need to be talking about their mental health. And I believe that your your GP is your first line of support. Some people are going to say, well, I take it to the Lord. Well, well, yeah, of course you do. We all do. But, you know, we are, uh, we are a three-part being as a human. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a physical body. And sometimes, you know, our mental health and our physical bodies are in great need. So we have to take the time, you know, to really do the self-care. So seeing a doctor and letting our doctors know that, you know, I'm struggling with some mental health issues, um, that would be a very practical first step. I would recommend to all pastors and you know, frontline workers and churches because you know ministry is is wonderful, but it can be overwhelming. This is Closer Look. I'm Rafael Sierra here with Savannah Kimberlin with the Barna Group. Savannah, let's talk more about solutions. How are church leaders dealing with emotional health issues like stress and anxiety? Having safe places to process our emotions is very important for pastors. We're finding in our research that more and more and more pastors are becoming more comfortable with seeking out professional help or going to see therapists or counselors. Every year, that number increases, that percentage increases. It is on the rise, and we're very, we're very happy to see that, to see that leaders are understanding that they are people too. <laughs> they're not just leaders, they're people, they're humans, and they need to process um, their emotions in safe places. So that's one solution, one way that, that leaders can maybe recover. Another way that Barna is seeing leaders recover is through sabbatical, which I did mention before as well. So leaders who um, really want to set aside some time to heal or recover or take an extended vacation. And we're encouraging, encouraging congregants to encourage their leaders to take sabbaticals or to take vacations to heal and to um, perhaps put some effort into restoring what maybe has been broken over the last two years in their hearts and in their lives. And then Thirdly, I would say, what's the third solution here? Well, we're seeing currently in our research that there are two different types of churches, right? There are churches that are looking behind and looking back, and they are still having conversations about the people that they lost during the pandemic. And they're asking themselves, how do we win those people back? So that's one type of church. And then there's another type of church who are saying, okay, look, it's time to move forward and it's time to look forward and we need to serve our communities and reach new people. That is our goal. And if the people that we lost want to come back, then great. That's fine. Of course, they're welcome, but they're not going to be our primary goal or our primary aim. And so what we're seeing in our research is that in order to move forward as a local church and in order to move forward as healthy leaders, we need to start looking forward instead of looking behind and those leaders who are more inclined to truthfully just say, hey, it's time to move on. It's time to cast some fresh vision and to embrace a fresh mission. They are the leaders that are more energized and have more um, passion, truthfully, for the work that's to be done for the kingdom in this current moment. And what can churches do to help their leaders? Well, the first thing that churches can do is to promote mental health stability within their own church. And that begins with their pastor. 
pastors are just really overwhelmed. And by helping pastors, you know, really recognize that they have an expectation that he is going to be the leader, not just spiritually, but the leader in self-care, especially in these days we're living in. Encouraging your pastor to take a more time off to share some of the leadership responsibilities, delegate some of the authority uh, with other people, taking sabbaticals, recognizing uh, our own family history of stress and mental health issues. You know, these these are really good beginning steps for you know managing any potential crisis that would come up within the leadership team, the pastoral team, uh, and the church itself. I would say take some time to care for your pastor's soul, whatever that looks like. If it's a kind note, if it is, hey, I want to take my pastor out to lunch and um, I don't want to badger him or her about anything. I just want to talk about their kids softball tournament, (laughs) you know, like I I just want to be a safe place for the leader and I want to buy them lunch. If that's what your pastor would enjoy, you know, maybe you can babysit for them for free so they can take an extended date night one night, things like that. Are we taking care of our pastors as people? Our, Our research is suggesting more and more that pastors who have healthy interpersonal relationships with their congregants are the pastors who are healthiest and most committed to the ministry for the long haul. So are we as congregants doing our best um, on our side of the relationship to make sure that our relationships with our pastors are healthy and mutually beneficial and life-giving in every way? Uh, Savannah, what's your advice to spiritual leaders who may be experiencing mental health issues? What we recommend as Barna is that leaders find healthy, safe places, whether it be professional counselors, whether it be spiritual mentors, or even other pastors within someone's local community, um, safe places where leaders can process things like isolation and marital issues and parenting struggles and stress and anxiety so that they can be better and more whole. And our our research does suggest that leaders who prioritize doing that are more whole in their ministry as a result. Recognize you're not immune from depression and anxiety and anyone, you know, can be going through this at any time, especially in the season we're living in right now. So I'm going to just encourage pastors, you know, see your doctor, absolutely reject any aspect of condemnation or guilt in this. It is about your struggles or considering it to be a weakness. It's not. It's not a character flaw. This is not judgment. It's not a moral weakness or or spiritual failure. Stress triggers mental health symptoms and sometimes just attempting to de-stress our lives can in many degrees help. What can listeners do to help you and other spiritual leaders who might be carrying heavy burdens? Remember that mental health, mental health issues or mental health diseases are just an aspect of disease in our body. Jesus said in the world, we would have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer because he overcame the world. Jesus didn't eliminate our problems, but what he did is encouraged us to support one another, to pray for one another, to 
uh, stand alongside each other, that the church becomes, you know, that very important hospital by which we gather together to provide the, the love, the care, the grace, and the support that people need. How can listeners pray? Well, we can pray generally for people. In fact, the book of James verse chapter 5, verse 13, talks about praying for healing in the sense that it becomes very therapeutic. We're not just simply praying for people, but we're making ourselves available. I think that, in fact, I encourage every Christian to be in a small group. I think a small group, you know, within the context of church is a place where we can bear our souls and bear our burdens one to another, which is what scripture teaches us, and as well becomes a very real place of therapeuo in the Greek or therapeutic support when you're going through those things. Um, I'm, I can never dismiss seeing a doctor, the possibility of a diagnosis which would lead to getting the kind of supports you need to deal with anxiety or depression, but knowing that you have a supportive family that you're involved with. Praying at a distance is great, but praying in view of being part of a small group becomes very powerful and very therapeutic for you. And Savannah, before we conclude, is there anything else you'd like our listeners, especially our spiritual leaders, to remember about emotional health issues and how to overcome any potential problems? Of course, I would ask any leaders today, even if you are struggling with your mental health, do you believe in the value of your ministry? Do you feel like you have a duty to fulfill your calling? Are you, are you at the end of the day, are you satisfied with your job? Um, if the answer to those questions, if, if you feel supported, those sorts of things, if the answer to these questions are yes, um, and you, but yet you are still struggling with your mental health, let's seek out some wise counsel, but maybe let's not abandon ship quite yet. There is value in your ministry. Um, all hope is not lost. And you can grow in your resilience by finding safe relationships, by processing what you're feeling. And um, we at Barna believe that you can be grounded in, in research and be a data-informed leader so that you can see clearly, you can cut through the noise and see clearly and really, really make a difference. So there is light at the end of the tunnel if you are a ministry leader, but you feel confused and stressed and lonely and isolated and like you're struggling with your mental health. Pastor, before we conclude, is there anything else you'd like our listeners, especially spiritual leaders who may be listening out there, to remember about mental health issues and how to overcome any potential problems? Yeah, I, I think it would be helpful for people to understand that in the Bible, uh, the Bible deals with with individuals that really struggled with mental health issues. Uh, you know, we and we can start right off the bat with Elijah the prophet. You know, in an Old Testament viewpoint, he was considered the greatest of all the prophets. He represented when it came to the law. He represented the law and the prophets. Moses was giver of the law, but Elijah was considered the greatest of the prophets. And yet, in the midst of the greatness of his prophetic ministry, there was a time in his life where he fell very much subject to depression, to the place that he wanted to just die. Jezebel had threatened his life. He ran in terror, uh, ended up in a cave and in a place where he just said, God, I just want to die. And although God came in that moment to, 
to minister to him with grace and to protect him. It's interesting that some of the greatest men in scripture, like Elijah, like King David, like possibly the Apostle Paul with his thorn in the flesh, we're, we're not exactly sure what that thorn was, but it's the possibility that he may have struggled with anxiety or depression in his life. And yet God's answer to him was, my grace will be sufficient for you every day. And that becomes a great word for people that if you're dealing with a mental health issue, whether it's seasonal or you've been diagnosed with something clinical, know that God's grace is the sufficiency that we need every day to just simply say, with God, all things are possible. We can live independent. We can live stable. We can move forward in the daily course of life, even with mental health issues, if we will educate ourselves, if we will lean on God's grace, if we will stay in community, we can move through this, but we need to support each other in doing it. 